It's November 27, 2023 in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room, and Tech Talk has begun. Uh, uh, thanks to Myrna for the last three weeks of stocking stuffers. They were excellent, and we had a good time. We all enjoyed ourselves. Tonight, we're going to split the difference, though, and talk about split uh, Braille. Ron Miller has talked about it on other presentations, including a lot of the ones Vispero has to offer. And we asked him to come and talk to us about Split Braille. It's a new feature just out in JAWS 2024. And he will talk and demonstrate as well. So, Ron, for the 5,674th time, welcome back to Tech Talk. Well, I really appreciate it. And it's it's always great to be here. Uh, the uh, Miller's Manor is kind of settling down around me, and uh, so I'm back here in the Miller's Manor Communication Center, and I get to spend it with you guys, which is always a treat. So, man, it is, it, it has been a few times. I had to think about that, but yeah, over the years. Yeah, I don't think, I think I may have exa- exaggerated slightly. Maybe a little bit, but Just not a much. little? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've had, you know, bigger lights than me, like Eric Damery and stuff on here, but... Yeah, I still get to show up. Yeah, but Eric, you've been on more times than Eric has in the last year or two. Well, that's true, but the so point think of it like that. when you get Eric. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're not going to split infinitives or hairs. We are going to split Braille, and this is a feature I'm pretty excited about. So the new split Braille feature, uh, which was just released in JAWS 2024, gives Braille display users a, a pretty powerful new tool. Uh, it includes the ability to, to view content from different locations on the same Braille line, and you get several different types of views, and we'll talk about that. Uh, when you turn on a split Braille view, when it's active, the Braille line is split into two halves, or regions, and we refer to them as Region 1 and Region 2. So when you read our documentation, you'll hear that referred to. The left half of the display <clears throat> is Region 1, the right half is Region 2. And normally, 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 <laughs> normally, the left half of the, of the display, region one, will show the active Braille location. So wherever your active cursor is, that's normally on the left side of the display. There is at least one variant to that, uh, and we'll talk about that in a few moments. Additionally, in order to let you be able to discern where that split occurs, there are two vertical lines that are displayed. And if you are a Brailster, imagine two cells side by side. Let us pretend you've got an 80-cell display. They would be at the 40 and 41st position. And one cell, the cell on the left, would have dots 4, 5, 6, 7. The cell on the right has dots uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, sorry. Let's say it again. The cell on the left will have dots 4, 5, 6, 8. The cell on the right will have dots 1, 2, 3, 7. That makes them move uh, very close together. So you get a nice, tight pattern of two vertical lines. Okay. This feature will work with any Braille display length. Okay, so 80, 40, 32, 20. <laughs> uh, our comment, or at least my comment, is the smaller the display, the less benefit you're going to have from it. You get down to a 20-cell or even a 14-cell display, you're only going to have a few cells per side. So smaller display, my feeling is less return <laughs> for your uh, for what you're trying to do. But again, you know what you've got you can work with. Um, the support of split Braille depends upon 
uh, the driver supplied by the Braille display manufacturer supporting the feature. So JAWS doesn't support it. They have to support JAWS in doing this. So if you have a display and uh, it doesn't, it's not able to, to do split Braille, talk to the manufacturer, have them spin another driver so that we can have it and they can implement the support. Currently, of course, the Focus Braille display includes it, but also a humanware displays do, and I'm told HIMS displays do as well. I don't have them here at Miller's Manor to test, but I am told that they have supplied drivers that support it. So if you've got some of the new HIMS displays and the uh, new uh, humanware displays, you should have access to them as well. Read our What's New for JAWS 2024. There's more details there. Um, also, if you've got JAWS 2024 installed, uh, you can see in the help system, the online help system, there's also uh, information on split braille already added to the new online help system. Okay, If you don't know where the online help system is, you can get there. If JAWS is running, you can press Insert J to open the JAWS window. <clears throat> Alt-H to get to help, to the help menu. If you've got JAWS running from the system tray, you just press the letter H. And then arrow down to help topics, press Enter. You'll be in a tree view that shows all of the different help topic books, and you'll get down to JAWS and refreshable Braille. Press right arrow to open that branch of the tree, and arrow down, and you'll see split Braille. So there's a bunch of information available for you. So let's talk about this. I'm going to uh, do a couple of things here. I'll unmute speech. Full speech. There we go. And let's look at this. So the first thing you're going to want to know is how do you enable split braille mode with a split, split braille feature? You press Alt, Insert, V. Alt, Insert, V, Victor. If you're using a laptop <clears throat> with a laptop keyboard configuration, just remember that instead of the... Um, you can do Alt Caps Lock V instead if you're using the the uh, the laptop configuration. So Alt Insert V, <clears throat> excuse me, or Alt Caps Lock V in laptop mode or laptop layout. So if you're using a Focus Braille display, the other way to get there is you can press Left Shift plus dots one two seven. Left Shift dots one two seven. So let's do that. I'm going to press. Um, Alt-Insert V, Victor. Select Braille View Dialog. List 1, List View. No split. 1 of 8. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize. Uh, hope Larry can edit this out <laughs> on my throat clearing. So anyway, um, this opens up a new dialog where you can select the view. And I'll go down through these quickly, and then I'll explain them. I guess I could do it as we go. Why not? So there's a list of available blue... <laughs> A list of available, okay, a list of available views that show up. You could use the up and down arrow keys to move through these and to select a view that you want. The first view that shows up isn't really a view because it is no... No split one of eight. No split, okay. When you arrow down and select a view, you press enter to activate it. Something to remember is that the view that you select remains in effect for the duration of the JAWS session. So if you unload or and restart JAWS or you shut your computer down and come back up in JAWS, for any reason JAWS restarts, then the view refers to the re, re, the view returns to the default view, which is no split. 
and then you have to enable another view again. Okay. When a split view is active, as I mentioned before, your current location where your active cursor is, is displayed in the left region, region one, while the results of the active view are displayed in region two, which is on the right. There is a button to change this. You can select a, a swap button in this dialog, which will flip that for you and put your active display on the right and your results view on the left. Okay. Usually, in most of these views, you can independently navigate uh, through the, uh, the second view. You can even select text and copy it to the clipboard. Okay. In the split view, <clears throat> in region two, you will use the right nav rocker on a focus to pan through the, the split view, region two. Use the right nav rocker. And you use the rocker bar to move up or down by line. Okay. You select text in region two by copying the document, even in, uh, like if you're looking at buffered math information in Word, you can press the shift button and the cursor router to delineate the beginning of your block of text, navigate to the end of the block of text, and once you get to that end, um, just like you would select text in a normal manner, um, you can press the, uh, uh, the uh, shift button in the nav rocker again. Okay. What's nice about this is once you select the text, it's automatically copied to the clipboard. So you can uh, perform a control V and it'll paste it to the active cursor. Okay. So I sort of got off onto a little bit of a sidetrack, but I wanted you to have a, an idea of how we navigate, how this works. So no split, as I said, that's our default JAWS view. And there is no split braille that sends the content to the braille display and it showed on the full length of the current braille line. Our next, I'll arrow down. Buffered text, two of eight. Our next choice is buffered text. That captures text at your location, at the location of your cursor, and places it in a buffer, which is displayed in region two. Once the buffer is created, you can navigate it, just like I said, panning with the right, uh, uh, with the right nav rocker and moving up and down by line using the rocker bar, and you can move to different location. In fact, that buffered text will stay in region two, even if you switch to a different document. So, you know, this, is, this can be very handy. We'll talk about why in a moment. By default, if I switch the buffered view, um, JAWS captures the current paragraph and puts it onto region two. So I've got the paragraph there, whatever it is, I can now move around with my active cursor, go to other locations. Obviously, as we said, I could copy stuff out of that buffered text and paste it into my current active location. But I can also change what is buffered. Uh, there is a, a dialog. Let me tab here. So you can tab through this, this dialog, and your options change depending on which view you have selected. So remember, we've got the uh, buffered view right now. So let's press tab. Read only edit. Focused control buffered text from the current document. Uh-huh. Information piece, just like you have in the JAWS setting center and other places. OK button. Alt right. plus O. I can do OK. Now, you don't have to tab to the OK button to select or to uh, activate a selected view. You could just press enter on it. But there is an OK but button in this dialog. Cancel button. Alt plus C. Default button. 
Alt plus D. Which forces it back to the default. In this case, would be a paragraph capture. Swap split button. Alt plus S. We talked about swap. Remember that that uh, reverses which which region shows what. Let's say options button. And, Alt plus O. And options. Now, some of you are thinking, you know, you could have pressed Shift Tab, and you'd have been to options right away. You are totally right. I could have. I took us the long way around to give you a little bit of a view of what else is in the in the dialog. But here's the options button for buffered view. Let me press space here. Space. Webinar demo files. Items view multi-select list box. St. Pete Docs. 11-16-2023-3.52 p.m. Microsoft Word document 24 kilobytes. <laughs> 28 of 36. Buffer unit dialog. List 1 list view. Paragraph. 1 of 4. So because of the speedy computer that I'm using... Um, it took it a moment to bring up the dialogue, and while that happened, JAWS got a glimpse of the, um, the files list that's uh, in view also, and gave you the whole lowdown on the current file, which is selected but not opened. And then finally, you got the buffered options list. So, paragraph is the default. That's one of four. Let me arrow down. Documents up to 64 kilobytes. Two of four. So document, this one I've used, and I think it's pretty cool. I've used all of them, of course, messing around, but you can capture up to 64 kilobytes of a document. So I would refer you to anything you're trying to fill out, um, or if you're referring to another document, you can have it sitting in buffered view. This is kind of neat. If you're doing a research paper, if you're writing an email, if you're referencing, I have no idea, legal stuff, whatever, but you want to capture this piece of the document you're in and then go to uh, either an email or another document you're preparing. What's neat is if you've got this 64 KB of a document in the buffer, you can select stuff and copy it and paste it right into wherever your active cursor is. So you can manipulate what's in that buffered view. And in this, and in this instance, you can capture a pretty large hunk of a document and be able to use it. Okay. Let me go down. Selected text, three of four. So any text that you currently have selected can be taken as a buffer. So you, you set up this view, you go capture a bunch of stuff, and it'll stay in the buffer. It'll stay in that region two view. And that will, it won't automatically update. Once you've performed a text selection, if you want to show different text, even if you select new text, the buffer is going to hold that first bunch that you selected. So... To, to select different text and show it, you'll need to switch back to, excuse me, you'll need to switch back to no split, select your text, your new text again, and then uh, reset for buffered text, okay? You'll have to select it from the, dial, from the options dialog again, and that'll refresh the buffer. Um, you can actually, it looks like you can actually just uh, invoke the selection dialog with Alt-Insert-V, and arrow down and, and do buffered text again. Having played with this, I am pretty certain that when you reopen the dialog, I believe it is on your last selection, because that's the current view. So you would just have to hit enter on, on buffered text again. So. Clipboard text, four of four. You can buffer what's in the clipboard. Let us say you've been doing some research. You have gone from website to website, maybe even websites and source documents and you've been using the append to clipboard mode or feature, <coughs> excuse me, um, you've been using the append to clipboard feature, you've got a lot of stuff on the clipboard, 
and you want to buffer that and start working with it, maybe copying and pasting some of it, but not all of it, if you use this option in buffered text, it'll, it'll take the contents of the clipboard and put it into the buffer. So you can, again, uh, you can manipulate it. You can effectively use Region 2 as a notes area. You can bring all that content in from everywhere that you have gone and used the append to clipboard feature. Um, something to remember, though, when you're doing this, is that anything that is displayed from the clipboard, it shows up as computer braille. So there's no forward translation. Um, it will display everything there, but do know that you're going to need to read it in computer braille. Okay, um, that's just that's just the way it works. Jaws isn't forward translating. It's literally grabbing the contents of the of the clipboard and putting it into the buffer. Okay. Um, that also means that you might see control characters, you know, hardware returns, that kind of thing as part of the text. Now, I will tell you, I have not done a lot of this, um, so I haven't seen control characters and stuff in my buffered clipboard text, but we're told by the development folks that might show up, so you might see all of that. Okay? So I'm going to go uh, back over and let's look at some of our other selections. Okay button. Alt plus O. Cancel button. Alt plus C. Now remember, I'm in, I'm in a dialogue within a dialogue. So we were looking at the different choices I have to select uh, what is buffered. Okay. I'm going to press cancel. I'm not going to make a, I'm not going to make a choice here. Space. Webinar demo files. Items view multi-select list box. St. Pete. Uh, they kicked me out. Okay. <laughs> Still kicked me out. I thought I was going to be clever and uh, take a shortcut back into my main selection. Oh, well. Insert Alt-V, Victor. Select Braille View Dialog. List 1, List View. Buffered Text. 2 of 8. Okay, it remembered my selection, though. So I, I did select accidentally Buffered Text. Let's arrow down. Annotations. 3 of 8. Annotations. This one is one I have used also, and it is pretty handy. Annotations uh, will, will do some neat things. If you are in, and it, it mostly useful, I think, in Word. Um, so that's where you're going to primarily use it and uh, for reviewing documents. Um, it will let you look at comments and revisions if you've got, you need track changes on for this. So comments, re revisions, footnotes or endnotes. If the cursor is positioned on text that includes any of these, any notation, uh, the document text is shown in region 1 while the text of the annotation is shown in region 2. Okay, if there is no annotation on the current line, then the text is shown the full length of the document. So let's, let's select this. Enter. Webinar demo files. Items view multi-select. Yeah, yeah. So here's my St. Petersburg file. For those of you who have joined me in the ACB community webinars, you've seen this file a lot because it's useful and I don't have to make up any more text. So let's press enter and open this. Enter. Microsoft Word document, St. <coughs> Pete Docs, St. Pete Docs Word, edit. Okay, so I've got a document Blank. in front of me. Now what I didn't get was my, my annotation, so let's go back in again. Insert Alt-V. Menu, system, Alt plus space. Oops, sorry. Es escape. Please. Insert Alt-V, Victor. Select Braille view dialog. That's better. Buffered annotations. Three of eight. Enter. Edit. Okay, there's my annotations. So, 
table of contents, contents, and table of contents. And I'm going to arrow past. Let's uh, quick keys on. Use headings. Heading one introduction. Heading two features and attractions. Heading two history. So here's history. Blank. Page two. Heading level three earliest history. Blank. Has comment. St. Petersburg. End his comment. Was explored by the Spanish adventurer Juan Ponce D. So I've got a comment. St. Saint Pe Petersburg was explored by the. And my comment says, should we say this area? And I'm going to use the right nav rocker to pan. Should we say this area since St. Petersburg wasn't founded? And there's a note Ron Miller made the comment. So I'm commenting. Instead of saying St. Petersburg was explored by the explorer Ponce de Leon, shouldn't it say this area should be explored? Because he really didn't explore St. Petersburg per se, right? There was there was no St. Petersburg back, uh, you know, 500 years ago. So you heard my comment on the Braille display. <clears throat> what you see is St. Petersburg was explored by, and there's a little blank space, the double vertical lines I talked about, and then the, the comment that I just meant to read to you. Okay. So if I move down to the next line. Leon, D. Leon, he arrived here in 1521 while searching for the fountain of Okay, so there is no comment here. Arrow down. Youth. He was followed by explorers. Misspelled. Pantillo de Narvaez in 1528. And, and I will let you know that uh, Pantillo de Narvaez isn't, it's misspelled. And you heard Jaws tell you it's misspelled. But there is no, there is no misspelling. It's not split for that, right? But I think you get the idea. So if you've got a document that has a comment, has a footnote, and note, um, then you'll see the line, your, your Braille line will be split, and the right half of that line will show the comment, and you can pan through it, and it's there. But as soon as you move off of the line with the comment, move away from that text, the whole Braille line now shows the text. So you get the full Braille line to use for reading, unless there's a comment, then you'll, you'll know it because you'll see the double vertical line in the middle. So I hope that gives you an idea of how it would work with annotations. I find that really useful if I'm proofreading a document. Especially if I want to read it without speech. It shows it. It's great. Um, otherwise, you get the has notation, and then you've got to use the JAWS command to see the notation. Um, this, in, again, in my opinion, this is pretty handy. So let me show you what else we've got. Let's press insert space, uh, insert alt V again. Select Braille view dialog. List one list view. Annotations. Three of eight. Okay. So we're on annotations. Attribute indicators, Attribute, four of eight. Sorry, I talked over it. I do that a lot, don't I? Attribute indicators. Okay. Attribute indicators, some of you are familiar with uh, because you use it in other contexts. Attribute indicators um, are a way <clears throat> of showing if text is uh, bolded, underlined, or italicized. And it is done normally you would switch, you'd press M chord on your display. Speech output mode, text attribute indicators. To text attribute indicators mode, and you would see uh, the text that's the attributes of the text. Right now I'm on a heading. Attribute indicators four of eight. Okay, and it's, it just says it's, 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 it's bolded. It says <laughs> like it's a heading, it's underlined. But an attribute indicator will show N for normal text, B for bolded, I for italics, and U for underline, right? 
And you see them when you switch to attributes indicator mode on your Braille display. Each word is represented by whatever letter corresponds to the attribute. So if I had uh, big dog and big was under in bold type, I would see BBB, B-I-G, space, and then N-N-N if dog was in normal type for normal D, normal O, normal G. If they were underlined, they would have U, etc. What's nice about this is if you want to see the attributes of your text, you don't have to switch from structured mode through like we just did a moment ago by pressing M chord to attributes view. And then when you want to see the text itself, line mode, structured mode, pressing M chord again to switch back to structured mode to see. Instead, you can invoke attributes view and region one will show the text at the cursor location and region two will show the attributes of that text. Now, you might be thinking, okay, that's neat, but what if I'm looking at a, uh, a sentence, a bunch of text, and JAWS is forward translating it, so I'm seeing it in contracted Braille on my display. For example, um, you know, they cannot, I don't know, they cannot stand for long. <laughs> There's a lot of contractions in that word, in that sentence. Um, some are one-syllable word signs, some are two-syllable word signs. And there's other contractions. So what if the actual text, if it's shown letter by letter to show the attributes, what if that text takes up more space than the line length you have in region 2? Takes up more, more, more cells, right? Then you can pan region 2, and it'll show you the entirety of the text where your focus is in region 1. Okay? What if my text is bolded, underlined, and italicized. What happens then? If that's the case, what happens is that the, uh, the attribute for each character will rotate. You'll see P, bold, U, underline, I, italics. It might not be quite in that order, but <laughs> it'll cycle through all three of those indicators if all three are actually applied, if those styles are applied to, <clears throat> excuse me, to the characters, okay? And as you pan your active cursor forward, so you're using your panning buttons or whatever on your Braille display to move the actual text forward at your, your cursor location, you're panning through the document, the attributes in Region 2 will keep up with whatever you're reading in Region 1. So you will be able all the time to read through your text and go, wait, is that italicized? Is that underlined? I thought I bolded that. Or... You know, you may be looking and you might say, why is that bold? And you can fix it. So we talked about attribute indicators. Speech history. So let's look at speech history. I interrupted her. She was going to say five of eight. So speech history, five of eight. Speech history will show every, everything that JAWS has spoken, every announcement, every, every text repeat, everything that JAWS has spoken um, till the beginning of this JAWS session. And I believe the buffer now will hold up to 500 uh, announcements. So True. you can go back quite a ways. Uh, for, for me, it would be many, many hours. Um, normally, you have to press insert space and then the letter H for history. And you would open up a viewer, a results viewer that shows you all of the speech history buffer. What's nice about this is if you invoke speech history view, your, uh, your left region, region one, will show your current 
your active cursor and what's there, your, your text, you can pan into your thing. Region 2 will show that speech history buffer, and it's updated as you go. So there are some times this might be very, very handy. Um, in Teams, for example, if you've got somebody joining a team, uh, a conference, you could look at the spelling. You could look at a participant's name who just joined the meeting. Right now in Teams, when somebody joins, um, it is spoken. Uh, it's announced verbally, but it's not shown in Braille. It's only provided using speech. We haven't been able to grab hold of that yet. So <clears throat> you can look at that. You can look at who's joined. You can look, you know, you can look through speech history and, and see all kinds of stuff. I, I think about in a Zoom meeting like this, uh, if you're participating and you've left uh, announcements turned on, you'll be able to look back through speech history and see those announcements as they were spoken. So, you know, without having to, you know, who, who joined, who left, who was speaking, there's things you could do. Um, sometimes speech provides more information, additional information, that's not always provided in Braille. Um, when you look at Braille messages, uh, quite often we've got to abbreviate to try and accommodate for the long line. So, You've got things like LBX and LV, and you know, you've got all of the, the abbreviations that show up for dialogues and other kinds of controls, and sometimes you have controls within controls. I know for, for me, when I'm in Outlook, uh, I group my messages uh, according to conversation, and the, most of my Braille display, even on an 80-cell display, is taken up by showing uh, collapsed group and then how many unread messages, you know, or, or, unread in the thread so i'll see you know two unread of 17 items and finally by the time i get to the subject i i lose most of it off the end of the display so you know i may want to as i'm arrowing up and down through maybe i'll see that uh, there's a number of things you're going to see where because of space constraints you may get more information in speech than you would in braille if you've got split bruce someday i'm going to say it right at one go you've got split view set up to show you speech history you can look at that um, I think of our, our folks who are deafblind who use the Braille display they may want to add access speech content to look at that without having to switch the entire Braille display mode to speech output mode um, I'll tell you an example I use <clears throat> if I'm in a word document or a PDF document and I press control F to do a search F like Foxtrot to do a find um, I'll type in my find item and press enter and speech will say found first occurrence of the word and it'll give me usually a little sample of the, of the sentence I don't see any of that in Braille it's not shown uh, all I see is find colon and the word I brailled so I don't get that information you know it'll, it'll give me the piece of the sentence one of 17 and I've got 16 other instances of this find where if I, I pressed Alt-N for next, or I whacked Enter again, it would move to the next occurrence of the next one and keep giving me those little snippets of where it's been found. If I have speech, uh, speech history view on, I can see that and decide, okay, this is the instance I want to look at. Because right now, if I'm using Braille only, which I do often, I have to press Escape to go to where the active find content is, look at it, decide that's not what I want, and then search further, search further forward. So it's a... It's a much more time-intensive process. So with speech history on, I can watch what pops up and get more information on the find results as I press enter on my, uh, on my find request. So 
again, if you don't do that, that's no problem. But I know for me, it is an instance where split braille and showing, uh, showing speech history is pretty useful. Okay. Uh, I like it. Uh, it's a neat way. For me, it's a, it's a neat application. Okay. So that's split braille showing your speech history of you. Um, <clears throat> if you've got speech on demand enabled, that might be another instance where you want to use it. Okay. So let's arrow down. We're still in the, uh, the selection, the speech, uh, the split view selection dialogue. Let's press down arrow. Translation split. Six of eight. Translations, translation split. I see TVIs using this. I see people who are trying to teach themselves Braille using this. I see all of you guys coming up with scenarios I haven't even thought of yet. <laughs> um, this is, in my opinion, another... All of them are pretty neat. So I keep saying, in my opinion, a neat view. I, I find this to be... They have a lot of great potential. Because what you can do with this is you can show two different translation outputs of the current text. Now... Um, you can configure JAWS uh, to show, obviously, two different things. So, for example, I have, I have JAWS configured to show Braille output to me in contracted UEB. Okay? When I turn on translation view, I will see my normal contracted view in region 1, which is my active side, and then region 2 will show a, a different translation. By default... JAWS shows you computer Braille. <clears throat> I would suggest you go in and set this to, in, in my case, in the case of my PC, I would set it to uncontracted UEB. So on the left, I would have contracted UEB. On the right, uncontracted UEB. Because if somebody's learning Braille right now, they don't need to try and learn computer Braille code and the literary Braille code they're using. But it would be really great had the same literary Braille code, in my instance, UEB, okay, but the left side would be the contracted view, grade two, if you will. The right side is uncontracted so that they could read and go, oh, wait, what is that? And immediately, remember, region two keeps up with whatever you've got showing in region one. So I'm reading along in region one, and I see something, and I just, what is that two-cell word sign? I could go look it up. But why not just look at region two, and I'd find the same text right there, and I would be able to see it. Okay, so I've got immediate, immediate reinforcement and help with what I'm reading. I will tell you, this is even handier than Braille study mode, which I always thought was really great. I still do. But instead of having to put my cursor over the, 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 uh, the cell I want to know about and pressing the uh, nav mode button, it's already right there. It's already sitting in, uh, in region two. Okay. Um, another application is maybe, I don't know. You know, I've got I've got um, my Braille language set to Spanish. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> my you know my my output is set to Spanish. It's uncontracted. I could set the other side to uh, Spanish contracted Braille. So anywhere you've got literary Braille and you can change your output modes, it's something that can be used to help reading Braille. It'll give you representations in your current language. You could do literary Braille and computer Braille. You could do contracted and uncontracted if you've got that in your literary Braille code. 
So, again, um, to me, that's an exciting possibility, okay, simply because it gives you immediate feedback and reinforcement, okay? Jaws cursor, seven of eight. Jaws cursor. <coughs> Pardon me. Jaws cursor is another one uh, that I've, I've been able to use. So in this view, one region shows the location of the PC cursor, and region two shows the line of the text at the JAWS cursor uh, location. That's kind of self-explanatory, I guess. But if you need an application where uh, maybe you can't, uh, you can't see, I'll, I'll tell you an example is uh, my, in, in my college classes I've been taking, um, one of the classes required, actually were three classes in a row, but they required weekly postings to a group discussion board. And the content could be no shorter than 200 words, no longer than 500. There were weeks I struggled to get 200 words down. <laughs> there were weeks I was way verbose and struggled to chop it down to 500 characters. I mean, uh, 500 words. And uh, if I could have parked my JAWS cursor up on the status line where the word count lives, because I, I, I didn't have this accessible to me back when I was doing these classes, I would have parked the JAWS cursor, watching it on region two, on the word count, and I would have happily entered text and watched it and watched the numbers climb until I hit 200. Or I would have started paring my text down and watched that count drop till I hit 500. The way I had to do it now, we looked at this in ACB community a few months ago, is I would write and then, or I would prune my text, whichever was happening, and then I'd have to press F6 till I got to the status line, and I'd look at my word count and press F6 to get back to my edit field and write some more or, or <laughs> prune some more, and then I'd have to go back to the word count and back down. You, know, you get the idea. I'm circling round and round. Now, visually, if you can see the screen, you can keep an eyeball kind of looking at that every so often and keep typing. It's very fast to change your focus visually back and forth between the word count indicator <laughs> numbers and the, uh, the text you're editing. For me, I had to flip back and forth, you know, rotating through using F6. So this would have made it a lot easier. What if I want to monitor a status bar, a progress bar, okay, while I'm doing something, if I'm transferring gigabytes of data? Uh, I will usually park the JAWS cursor on um, the line that shows me the folder being sent, you know, the file names, and you usually get a percentage breakdown tucked in there too. So it'd be really cool to, to, to park that there um, so that I can look at that. Uh, what if I need to switch between multiple documents? I want to look at the title bar. I could park JAWS up there. So there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons to be able to watch the JAWS cursor in one region, in region two, and then watch your active cursor in region one as you're moving around doing things. Um, I, would, I would take you back also to, uh, to this. If I'm filling out a form, I could use buffered text, no doubt. Uh, so either this or the buffered text would work really well. Um, grab the document or look at my, park my JAWS cursor somewhere. But if I'm filling out a form, taxes come to mind. But there are other forms too where, you know, if you answered yes to question 39, uh, answer questions 47 through 52. If you didn't answer yes to this 39, then go on to question 60. I may need to go park my JAWS cursor or the buffered text, if I've got that, I can, I can keep that piece in view. 
on question 39 so I can see it. Uh, look at my other stuff. You know, you get the idea. You can park a view at one spot so it's easy to refer to. I think also of a math problem, uh, of any kind of spelling things. Any place where you need to fill in information or enter information at a location other than where the question might be or if it's a... I had an instructor uh, last semester who she would do a... They were all essay-type questions, but one question would encompass five questions. She, question one, tell me the da-da-da-da and, 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 and if that's the case. So, you know, you've got nested questions, and I used to have to keep flipping back up to the question to remind myself what all I had to answer in you know, numbered paragraph forms below. I would have loved to have parked either, either grabbed the, the whole thing as a buffered text and read through it as I wrote or parked the JAWS cursor on the question I was trying to answer. So there's some ways to do that and some reasons to do that. Window text, 8 of 8. Windows text, 8 of 8. We're down to the bottom of the list. Window text is interesting. It enables you to actively monitor the text in a specific dialogue or an application screen while you're focused in a different location. Okay, this has really great potential. Um, if the active, uh, when, the, when the, the active, sorry, when this is active, then your active window or your active cursor is, is actually shown in region two. Remember I told you we'd talk about an instance where the kind of the default order of things was reversed. So normally your active cursor, your active location is shown in region one. In this instance, this, the screen that you're monitoring, the window you're monitoring is set up in region one and your active display is shown in region two. If the text in the windows changes, it'll immediately update on your display. So you can watch this other window while you navigate around and do other stuff, okay? Um, if the window closes, then that region is, is just blank and you'd have to go and turn off the display, okay? Um, it'll also be blank if you activate the view, in the, the view in an application that doesn't support the process, okay, obtaining a second window. So we're dependent on uh, Windows to some extent and how this works. Uh, and I have not played with it much. In the places I've attempted it, I wasn't allowed to open a second window. Um, that's not a JAWS issue. That's, that's just what Windows will let us grab or not grab and, and put this other focus there. Uh, I plan on playing with it some more. I'm thinking about locations where I want to let stuff run. Okay, I'm going to go geeky. Don't don't be mad at me. But um, I use my computer to control different kinds of communications receivers. Um, and they all have display outputs to show you what frequency you're listening to or maybe what communication service, what public safety entity, that kind of thing. Um, one of my plans, if it will work with my control software, is to park this window view on my um, display output so I can uh, see at a glance what I'm listening to, who's talking, what frequency it might be, while I go do other things. Now, I haven't tried it yet, so if any of you folks are also radioactive, um, if you do it before me, let me know if it works. <laughs> but that's one of the applications I want to use it on. Okay. Um, before I take questions again, I want to tell you a couple of things. The first is that uh, we will be doing more in-depth uh, webinars about split view. I plan on doing some that, that give us more examples and things. 
I've got some ideas on how to maybe represent the views for those of you who don't have a Braille display right now or don't have one that is supporting this view yet but want to see or at least get an idea of what this looks like. I'm hoping in the next few weeks to maybe have some good examples for you. Um, and the second thing is uh, there are some application-specific views that only come into play when certain applications are open. So they're application-specific views. Uh, they exist for Excel, for Outlook, for PowerPoint, and for Teams. Uh, they'll help you, well, we hope they'll help your productivity uh, while you're accessing information in these apps using split view, okay, when you're using Braille. Um, if you open the select uh, Braille view dialog that we're in right now with one of these apps active, uh, these additional apps become available. So, or additional views become available. Um, in XL, um, you can obviously make JAWS behave like it always does. So you, you can see the active cell as you navigate. Um, but you can also park the active view on a monitor cells, one or two. So you can look at your, your current active cell. And in Region 2, uh, you'd see any assigned monitor cells. They're displayed in Region 2. And you can you know, set up your monitor cells, and it'll let you keep track of those. You can put your active view on, in, uh, uh, on Region 1. And then your row and column titles, or totals, if you've got formulas set up to do totals for rows and columns, those will show in Region 2. So in your currently active cell, if you've got you know, formulas working, um, you can have the total show up in Region 2 as you're working in the cell in Region 1. Okay, so you can see those changes, those change dynamically as you work within the cell. You can have region two, you can have titles and formulas showing up in region one. You can have the active view um, in two as well. So there's a lot of different splits that you can do uh, in that. In Outlook, you can have the message list on region one and the preview pane showing up in Region 2. Now, that's cool. If you've got Preview turned on, normally I turn it off, um, but if you have it turned on, you're, as you're arrowing down through your message list, you'll have the message list as usual in Region 1, and Preview pane shows you the first few lines of a message. You can decide whether you want to read it or not. That shows up in Region 2. That's neat. It lets you do uh, what sighted folks do all the time. Oh, I want to read that yes, yes, no, no, because you see the first couple of lines. Um, without having to leave your inbox. In PowerPoint, you can see the speaker's notes during your presentation. So your main slide presentation uh, is displayed in Region 1. Your speaker's notes show up in Region 2. Uh, they look kind of like speech history does. It's just a continuous flow. Um, so if you have done a lot of pretties with your speaker's notes, you won't see that quite as nicely in Region 2. And in Teams, um, uh, if you show history during chat, uh, when you're editing a team's message, the chat history is displayed in region two, so you don't have to keep tabbing from what you're entering back to the chat history to read and go, oh yeah, I've got to respond to this thing. Um, this lets you read, you know, you can review the chat history independently in that in the right region in region two, and you don't lose your, your place in the message as you're editing and entering text. So those are the extra views that you have that are uh, application-specific. I think if you are a Brailster, if you use them, um, as Dr. DeFrancesco used to say, then you'll find them pretty handy. All right, we're coming up to the end. Let me again put the 
the uh, offer out. If there's any questions, I'm happy to entertain them. There's a comment from me while we're waiting for people to raise their hands. When we first started beta testing split braille, uh, there was a lot of discussion, especially when, when the beta one, beta two, beta threes came out in September Mm -hmm. about split braille and which devices would work with split braille. And almost all of them, according to Ryan Wood, and I believe it was humanware that currently wasn't working, but they were working on that with the folks at humanware. But he said there, there are a few that weren't working. And I'm wondering if you have an update on that or, or if you can give us any more information for people who wonder. The last I have heard is humanware in hymns. Now, of course, Ryan is Mr. Jaws, so he would, he would know what's, what's coming up you know, over the horizon. But right now, humanware and hymns are there. And if you look at the, uh, uh, go to our online help, uh, the commands, either it's either an online help in that split braille uh, section, or it's in the what's new document. And I, I have gone through them both so many times, I got them confused as to which one. But one of them has the current humanware and hymns display commands right there for you. But Carla has her hand raised. Can you hear me? It's, I'm always, I always like listening to your presentations because you don't go too fast and you really explain things. You are really a good trainer, and I'll say that, and I, I really, I'm grateful for you. I appreciate that, Carla. Thank you. Even through the coughing and hacking tonight, for which I am very Well, sorry. who can help that? You know, birth of the bullfrog makes her rounds. She That's does right. it on my first few days of school, and I'm not used to teaching and talking for so long, you know, seven classes in a row. I had no but, voice at all last week, so we're doing better. <laughs> so anyhow, um, she takes her turn with different people and goes from throat to throat. But anyhow, what I wanted to ask you, um, unfortunately, I had two things going on at the same time, and I missed how you invoke um, split Braille at the beginning. Is that your, uh, how, how do you get it started? I, I, I missed that at the very beginning because there was another call I had to monitor too. I no wish problem. I had a split hearing. I think yeah. that's what I needed. <laughs> you just anyhow. press you press insert alt V, Victor. Insert alt V. And that will open up a dialogue that we've been going down. We're actually still in the dialogue. I haven't pressed enter on any of these. Oh, choices. that's that insert. That's your view mode. That's what you that, that's not yep. the, the select that selects the options, but that also invokes it. Okay. Well, you press okay. enter on the choice you want. Like right now we are okay. on the Windows text. Uh, which I won't try to do, um, but all you do is press enter. So let me go. Speech history. I'm on speech history. I just press enter. Enter. Edit. Page two. And I'll stop well, it. So, so it's insert. Uh, insert. Insert Alt V. Okay. V Victor. And now Thank on the left you. side of my display, I've got youth period. He was followed by explorers. And then the right, it says page two, because that was the last spoken announcement. So that's the end of the speech history so yeah it's just insert space insert alt v i say again insert alt v that takes you into the dialogue and you can arrow up and down to the choice you want and remember if there are options for that choice like in buffered view you can either press shift tab to get to the options button or you can press tab and go the long way around there's also a swap button that reverses the default configuration so that your active view is in region two and your results are in region one. Um, There's also a cancel button. So you've got several different things and a default button to turn swap off. And so, and if you don't want to do any of those, you decide you don't want split view at all. You could either press enter right on no split or just press escape to get out. 
I will tell everybody, if you've got a question about this, um, you can always write training, uh, uh, training at freedomscientific.com and, and post a question. If it's got to be me specifically, my email is rmiller, that's R-M-I-L-L-E-R, at vispero, that's V-Victor, I-S, Sierra, P-Papa, E-R-O, vispero.com. So rmiller at vispero.com gets you directly to me. I will tell you, I am kept busy doing webinars, webinars, so I'm writing scripts, I'm doing stuff. So my day is full, so you might get faster answers from others, but I will answer you and uh, answer what I can find. Something the other else? place I'll point you to is freedomscientific.com slash training. freedomscientific.com slash training because there's all kinds of great content on that page, including our uh, recorded webinars, which we've archived under webinars on demand. So that's my, that's my places to go and people to talk to. I realize this, this is subjective, but... Which cell display, 20 cell, 40 cell, 80 cell, which would work best using split view? Okay. It's a good question. And yeah, product, you know, do you want a Ford or a, or a, or a, or a I don't know, a Saab? I have no idea. <laughs> Lincoln, Ford, whatever. Yeah, I mean, everybody's making decent displays. I, I would love you to buy Foci because that's my company. It helps pay my bills and it's a good display. But, you know, nobody's making junky displays, you know, in your big three, okay? I know there are some outliers who send you your display, and if you need to change cells, they'll send you a video on how to do it and send you the pieces. That's kind of scary because there's 200 volts on that backplane. So don't take your Braille display apart, no matter who's made it, because if you take the covers off, they can bite. Um, my preference, and this is a Ron preference, right? I, I have a 40 and an 80. Actually, I actually have a 14 as well because I used to be the product manager of all of these, and so I had to have all of them and know them all um, to great detail. Um, if you're doing a lot of editing, if you're, if you're you know, sitting at a desk like I do and write a lot, 80 is phenomenal for split view because that gives you 40 cells per region, okay, which is the equivalent of a standard U.S. Braille page on the big 11 by 11 and a half inch paper. So you're getting a full Braille line equivalent on each region. And that, that's great when you're looking at text. You're reading through text like we were earlier, looking for annotations and uh, that sort of stuff. Um, or if you're looking at attributes, or even like now I've got speech history on, and I want to look at the text, and I might want to see what's popped in the speech history. So if I am king of the forest and can do it, I like an 80-cell display. However, it's not super portable. I carry a 40 with me everywhere but in the shower, right? Um, that will work in split view, okay? It's 20 cells per side, so the line is shorter, but a lot of us use either 20 or 32 cell displays anyway. So, uh, you know, a 40 will work because it's portable and it still lets you see both views, okay? So, again, if, if, if I'm stationary and have the means, I like an 80 cell display, but you know what? A 40 is portable. It works well. A 32 will work. Um, I haven't played with it yet with the, the touch. I've got one here, but I haven't taken the time to, to see if it will actually work. I'm not sure it will. I don't know if the touch drivers support it yet. Um, 18 cells is starting to get small. But again, if that's what you've got, use it. You know, It'll still help you in a lot of instances. As I said before, a 14 or a 20 cell, I don't know. 
you know, you might uh, make me wrong and do really well with it and get really efficient with it. But yeah, I mean, big jobs. I like an 80, but a 40 does a pretty good job too. Um, Ron, here's, here's the thing I've noticed when I was playing around with, you know, the split view thing while you were doing it. Mm-hmm. So translation, what they don't have, you can swap, but what I'd like to see, cause if we're trying to learn UEB, Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see UEB on the left. What I'd like to see on the right is English grade two, but but it's not oh, there. Uh, you mean BAE, the, the old? Yeah, yeah. The uncontracted is there, but not English grade two. It, it should be. It should be under. Um, no, it's not. Go look at go to go, go to split, go to translation, go to options. Oh. And you won't see if you because you can swap. Yeah. So that you could put that on the right and put UEB on the left, mm-hmm. but I think it would be really great. So you want to, you want to learn the new contracted? Yes. Old contract. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So I the will, old contractor will... is going to be on the right, just in case I need it. In other yep. words, I want to read UEB on my left, but if I need it, I want to be able to look across. Can you send me a quick email so I don't forget this? Yes. Sure. Oh, be poetic, just two lines or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I will. I will get it into uh, enhancements. Yeah, because that's, I mean, like I say, you can swap it. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you got to, you know, it's, it would be cool. It would be really cool. That is just brilliant. I'll try and forward that along. <laughs> no, brilliant is another company. Yes, it is. And brilliant. brilliant. I had to say that. You tomatoes, I say petunias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he wants to know about next week. Next week, Mystic Access is coming, and they're going to talk about different phones, different, different, um, um, phones that are accessible, kind of like the blind shell, shell and the capsis, and you know, kind of. I don't know if they're going to talk about the iPhone at all, as you know, as compared to those. But that is what they're going to be talking about. People saying, "Oh, I can't really do the iPhone." Isn't there a phone with buttons? Well, that's what they're going to talk about. Cool. Should be fun. Ron, thanks again. Thanks so much. It is a pleasure to be here as usual. Yes, thanks, Ron. And next week we talked about that, and it's. Uh, I, I think you're going to hear a lot about a lot of other phones just besides iPhone. So please stay yeah. tuned and be with yeah. us. And I think that's it. So thank you everybody for doing this, and we will see you next Monday, eight Eastern, five Pacific for Tech Talk.